hold on, let me set myself up. I'm not very good at improvisation. I don't want to overthink it. <coughs> okay, hold on. Um, okay. No! Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I keep fucking it up. I'm overthinking it. <laughs> Just visualise it, Jack. Just visualise it. I'm trying to visualise You join us here at the stage claw. I'm still in the hairdressers. You join us here live at the Stage Door Athletic Clubhouse. It's a tense, tense atmosphere here. Robert Shaw Cameron coming back from the bar with a couple of beers. Um, He's looked good this season carrying beers in the Carrying Beer Championship. He's looked very good, but here he comes. Fantastic footwork. He's missed Ken. He's missed the old Biddy's legs. Drop of the shoulder. Fantastic. Oh, he's missed. He's dropped a couple of drops. He's going to be disappointed. Yeah, he's going to be very disappointed. He's going to be very disappointed. Yeah, but he's doing really well. Here he comes. Robert Shaw Cameron. One foot placed. The next. He's down. Both beers in front of us. Very well done, Rob Shaw Cameron. Was that any good commentary? Was that <laughs> round of applause? Thanks, guys. Oh, it's Is lovely that good... to see um, Ali McCoyst here as on Co-Coms as well. Yeah, he was coming. I kind of yeah. overthought that. Was that okay? Yes. I'm not a very good commentator. <laughs> um, I think we'll have to set you up uh, with Nick Heath for some lessons. I need to again. talk to Nick. And Nick, I mean, what did he say? He was like, "You should have a bank of of his synonyms and all that kind of stuff." Because oh, I yes. just said, I just yeah. said tense and one hundred and ten percent. Literally, all the time. you say tense sort of ninety percent of the time in your in your country. <laughs> it's a hard job. Get some flashcards. Get yeah. flashcards. Yeah, James, where were you? I needed some flashcards. Are you commentators? Can you? Could you? Do you reckon you'd be a good commentator, Rob? I actually did some commentating. Did you back in the day? Yeah, I did for Wakefield Hospital Radio. <laughs> <laughs> no way yeah i don't know how it came about i think uh, when i was refing and i was part of the wakefield rugby league referee society and one of the other refs in that society was a guy called stewart stewart was a lovely man and i don't know why he got some connection but i think wakefield hospital radio had been in touch with him or someone wakefield trinity wanted some live commentaries for the wakefield trinity slash wildcats matches and um him and I went down and did it and it was I bloody great it was like proper old school so when Nick was talking about you know you go in and you you plug in and you get you've got the live ISDN line into Wakefield <laughs> at Trinity Hospital Radio and there'd be some volunteer producer going okay Rob we're going to come to you live so- shortly then and you would really get the <laughs> adrenaline buzz and it's amazing how I don't know you know it's what was I thinking about this oh yeah I was watching Strictly Come Dancing It Takes Two and <laughs> yeah, it was the pro challenge and they had to do certain moves for 30 seconds to break a record. And Anton de Beck was there. And I think Anton is a master of sort of saying nothing for a sustained period of time, I mm. think, as a judge generally. But I was thinking he really was having to work hard to fill 30 seconds of commentating <laughs> on a pro dancer just repeating a move. And it is an art. Well, Nick spoke about it, didn't he, about actually the different mediums involved, TV versus yeah. radio, when you're supplementing, when you just let the action take over. But there are times where you've just got to talk shit like you brilliantly did oh. there. Well, I didn't. Well, I was just about to say my example of it then. I don't think Five Live are going to be giving me a call. I, I find it difficult. A few of my pals have said to me in the past, because they know I'm an actor and they know that I love sport. It's like, well, why on earth would you not try like some commentating? I'd be like, yeah, I'd be crap at it. I just don't think I'm that interesting to make shit up. Uh, I mean, th- th- the thing is, when you're like watching a sport, or you're watching a game of football or something, you talk about it with whoever you're with, and you're like, oh, that was a decent drop of the shoulder. But to have like the sort of the line to keep it going and not have any dead air, I just think that I'd put too much pressure on myself and then just start talking absolute shit. Like, there's like five seconds of me going, oh my God, there's some dead air. Um, 
By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm having cottage pie and chips for dinner tonight. So that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> and that's not very interesting, is it? For, I just don't think I'd be very good at it. It is. It really is an art form. And I think those who do it, well, like any skill, the ones mm. who do it brilliantly, you don't see the workings. It feels natural. Yeah. They're not demanding of you in any way. They are there. They're supplementing it. They're very present. You want them. You need them. You're really grateful for them. But they're not the story themselves. Yes. And that that really is, I think, a real art form. I think it co-coms. Is, yeah. You'd be a good co-com. That that'd be better. Give dropping opinions. I yeah. think Gary Neville's. But as much as I'm sort of on the fence with Gary Neville, sometimes I think he's brilliant at it. I think his passion comes through. I think his silly little squeals when he says, oh, in different ways, are absolutely perfect. I love Ali McCoyst. I tried to do an impression of him, then it wasn't very good. Mm. Ali McCoyst is fantastic at it. Maybe maybe you could be my com and I could be your co-com. I I think that would be a good combination. We need to try it live on a a match. Okay, we'll do that at match. Basically, also, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't guessed already, we're talking about commentators today. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you'd be forgiven for not guessing, frankly, based on the introduction. <laughs> but we got us thinking how how important some commentators are and have and have been during our sort of patronage of, of sporting events during during our time on this little planet. I mean, they're they're massive, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're the soundtrack to a lifetime, Jack. They are the soundtrack to the lifetime, and they are the gateway. <laughs> What's your face doing there, James? You pulled such a face there. Yeah. Sorry, that was just quite cringy. <laughs> See, I'm used to it, James. I've known it for longer than you. No, but, it's very uh, eloquently put. But you're I right, mean, it's, it's true, isn't it? It is. I mean, there, there really are some moments that stick through. It's very obvious we're passionate about our sport, but you can plot your lifetime through great sporting moments. Yeah. And they've always been accompanied by amazing commentaries and lines and it is a generational thing you know Mm. if you chat to someone much younger than me about who their favorite commentators were there'd be some that will have resonated through the ages because they've heard them you know on clips etc yeah but they they are they do shadow your life and i'm sure the ones i'll talk about that i love are probably slightly different generationally to the ones you've loved I mean, yeah, you were yeah, born yeah. into the Sky Sports generation, which I, you know, I saw, I remember the, the launch of Sky Sports. Mm. So they have been part of it. But I remember pre-Sky Sports time when sport was on all the terrestrial channels. Mm. Yeah. We've had an episode when we talk about snooker and, you know, those big games, they, you know, the black, infamous Blackpool final got 20 yeah. million viewers. Yeah. That's huge. That's I mean, huge. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Back in those days as well. That's a huge audience. So yeah. who, who are your fave commentators i've got a few hmm. now it's good mean, that because uh, uh, we're, yeah, we're doing a whole lap on it we're doing a whole lap on it yeah <laughs> um now i kind of caught the end of motty john yes. watson and it was around about the time west brom had just been promoted to right. the premier league in my which life time? so, yeah, so that would have yeah which time first time <laughs> so that would have been 2000 uh, one 2002 mm. so 2000 2001 2000 and i remember it was the first time i'd sort of watched match of the day because do you remember there being a period when match of the day wasn't on bbc and it was on yeah it went it to was, itv for about it went four to ITV, five years yeah and it was Des and they used the u2 music yes it was um, a beautiful day yeah beautiful day yeah that one um, yeah and they nicked des didn't they yeah they nicked des yeah, yeah. You um, I remember watching Match of the Day for the first time, and I think the first com- the first game that was on for West Brom, it was West Brom versus Liverpool, uh, and we lost. 
five nil or six nil, something like mm. that. But I remember watching it on the highlights on the telly, and it was John Motson doing yeah. the commentary. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like we're in the Premier League. We've made the big time. We've made it. We've made it to the Premier League. And obviously, you know, I was, how old would I have been? 10, something a bit younger than that. Albion were obviously a bigger club back in the 80s and 70s. So we were always up there. But for me, being back in the Premier League for the first time in the top division and having John Motson doing the commentary. And he was just like synonymous with Premier League football and the FA Cup finals and his fantastic way of being so eloquent but so relatable on the terraces but like taking us through it as well at the same time in the gantry john motson's got to be up there for me it's kind of a romantic idea but because prior to that you'd have just had tony gubber just wrapping up the highlights of you know in a sort of 30 second montage of all the other yeah. division one matches prior to west that. brom west brom yeah. beat plymouth 2-0 that's the end back to you in the studio yeah yeah, yeah and it always was tony gubber doing those little things he tony never really gubber. got the big games but he did get the sort of mopping up things in the yeah. way that robin cowan seems to get that these days Yes, that's true, actually. But yeah, um, yeah Motti for me has got to be up there, even though, you know, and when did he retire? I mean, it wouldn't have been too long ago that he, he retired. Um, no, I mean, he went, I mean, he died this year or did last he die? year um, and re- only retired a, a few ago. years so prior retired. to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so inevitably we're in football, so let's stick with football because, yeah. you know, you know that is obviously a big point of reference for a lot of people and commentators. So you've got Motti was a, a big part. And of course, anyone would talk about Motti as a, as a major voice because yeah. he you know he was the lead commentator for the bbc doing all the fa cup finals doing all the big england matches and you know motty undoubtedly was so unique as a voice but who are the other great football commentators for you the season when we stayed up in the premier league at the great escape season so that would have been uh not steve wilson guy mowbray guy mowbray yeah guy mowbray i mean he's everywhere now he's sort of like the bbc well, he is he's taken motty's role as the number one tv yeah. commentator hasn't he with steve wilson as the number two yeah and as he was coming up uh he was sort of doing a few more match of the day commentaries and a few fa cup matches and that kind of stuff he commentated on the highlights and match of the day did it amazingly the highlights of the great escape season for west brom circa 2005 five six maybe maybe a little bit later when west bromwich albion who were bottom at christmas that year and yeah. the adage goes that if you're bottom at christmas you go, down, you go down um they stayed up on the last day of the season every single result went their way and they beat portsmouth 2-0 and it's still i can hear it in my in my brain the noise is echoing through the news is, is filtering around the hawthorns brian robson's baggies are staying in the barclays premier league and honestly, I can remember that forever. So he is up there for me, Guy Mowbray. Yeah. His emotions, brilliant. His syntax, his, his vocabulary, absolutely brilliant. Loved Guy Mowbray. He's up there for me. Yeah. Maybe you're too young, but do you remember like Brian Moore on ITV? He was the ITV version of John Motson, who would be the soundtrack to a lot of, you know, a lot of the big England games, World Cup games. And when you look at old World Cup footage, then you'll hear Brian Moore commentating on a lot of them. Do you remember him or is it too a bit, bit before your time? ITV's Clive Tilsley for me. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He's the only person I think of when I think of ITV commentary, so Brian Moore's probably a bit old for me. So let's talk Clive Tilsley as we're discussing it because I... I, I Not a fan. Amazing voice. Amazing yes. voice. Um, but I think he's the master of stating the bleeding obvious. <laughs> Um, I really do. And, and it must be really hard not to do that. But, you know, I've heard him say a lot of things like, um, it's great to be here. Yeah, here we are on the second half, one nil down, one goal, one goal. We'll get this all square. And you're like, 
<laughs> well, we know that, Clive. Like, you know, 1-0 down, if the opposition were to score one goal, then, you know, that does, that of course, does yeah, that, make that it all square. Yeah, two well minutes left to seal the win here. <laughs> Liverpool 4-0 up. Surely they get this over the line. You're like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably um, right. So what you're saying is Clive Tilsley is the Michael Owen of uh, commentary in terms of his punditry. Oh, really? Do you feel like that? Do you feel like Michael <sighs> Owen just states the bleeding obvious? Michael Owen is appalling. That's what he talks. They've just got to score more goals. They've just got to score more goals. Yes, Michael, of course they've got to score more goals. That's the whole point yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah I hate yeah. people like that. I don't think Clive Tilsley that bad. Uh, listen out for it now. I mean, he, he, he's sort of been sidelined a bit these days, hasn't he? He's not longer around for See, the biggies. My, my one that I don't like, and I've actually worked with his his sister uh, in a play, um, no less, Jonathan Pierce. Yes, you see, now he is utterly unique because mm-hmm. he became the lead commentator on Channel Five when it it got mm-hmm. some sports for a little while, and yeah. they they started showing live football. Like I think it was probably in a similar era when ITV stole Match of the Day. It all got shook up a little bit around the rights, yeah. and Channel 5 managed to get some live games. And Jonathan Pierce tried to characterise himself as this sort of slightly quirky, extraordinary, different approach to it, which mm-hmm. was quite divisive, I felt. But then now he's back in the BBC fold as he began. He's much more settled and just he seems very connected do you think i find him very um it's almost patronizing his uh his delivery sometimes it's like freddie youngberg one nil yep it's been coming i'll still take the lead and oh, I'm i like, see i see see, see, see is that it? Saying. Well, yeah, yeah, i think yeah. it's quite kind of like he, he seems a bit sort of holier than thou sometimes i don't know it's, yeah uh, that might be quite harsh but yeah he's not he's not particularly eloquent as some of the others are. Now, there is one that goes a little bit too far the other way, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And I would go, I would put Peter Drury in that, who has just taken over Martin Tyler full-time yes. at Sky Sports. He, on the other hand, talks about football. I mean, there are some moments are brilliant, like his when South Africa scored in the South African World Cup football. Yeah. Bafada, Bafada, goal, South Africa, goal for all of Africa. I'm like, that's a beautiful bit of commentary. But yes. if you're doing, like, York versus Crawley... And he would do, maybe not that bad, but he would do poor games like that. He would talk about like, and it's the Romans, the Spartan spirit taking over the game. They've taken over West Yorkshire here. It's unbelievable since it's like, it's 2-0 to like fucking Blackburn. Chill out, Peter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. Just a couple of amendments there. York's infamous for Viking uh, invasion than, I was than just Romans. Names and it's also, so it's also in North Yorkshire, not West Yorkshire. But uh, good, I just put some names in. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I said Blackburn after, didn't I? Blackburn's in West Yorkshire, isn't it? Is it? Is Blackburn in West Yorkshire? Oh, so that's Lancashire. Is that East Lancashire? Oh, look, I don't fucking know. It's in Lancashire, for God's You know, I'm sake. half Yorkshire as well. You know, my dad was from York. I'm half oh. York. I don't know anything about that. It's not the brain half, is it? No, um, it's not, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now you mentioned. I thought you were a big Peter Drury fan. I thought you. I thought you. No, thought, I've changed oh, my mind. Oh, interesting. I, I've changed my mind. I think he's. Um, I miss Martin Tyler. Well, James Martin Tyler, Q sound. Could it happen? They're racing back to the restart. It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. So watch it. Drink it in. Two goals in added time. 
just, I mean, it's so good. We nicked it for our theme tune. We nicked it for our theme tune. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. We breached copyright infringements to parade our theme tune. I'm so sorry, Martin, if you're listening. It's so good. I mean, as it was playing, I, I was doing it word for word and yes. just living it all again. I mean, is that the greatest piece of commentary ever? I mean, it's got to be up there. It's one I think people of a certain generation, certainly football fans, will will, will be able to quote almost verbatim. Yeah. Very, very good. Just while we're just on football, a couple of other things. You see, I listen to Five Live, you know, mm-hmm. most of my life. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the, the two of us presenting a show on there someday. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> just putting that pitch out there, guys. Yeah. Uh, Manifesting already. <laughs> Saturday morning breakfast or Sunday morning, let's get rid of Patrick Keelty, phoning it in from Belfast and, and make it a, an actual engaging what? show with people who want to be there. Um, zing, right? <laughs> zing. <laughs> um, uh, but you're welcome on the pod, Patrick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so iconic five live countries alan green mm-hmm. mike kingham great sort of double act in the days when actually five live used to have two commentators per match mm. for the big games and then obviously cost cuts and i i'm a big i like colin mcnamara who does match of the day a bit now but he was big on five yeah. live i thought always thought he was great ian dennis of course i think he's uh, you know he started on bbc radio leeds doing all the leeds matches so he was great um, so, yeah, I love a radio commentary. I think it's um, a different kind of art. I was thinking about this earlier. I'm sure we'll come to it. We'll come to cricket commentators quite soon. But Yeah, we will. The female commentator, the female voice is getting more present in football now, principally more as pundits and mm-hmm. co-coms. But Vicky Sparks is now pretty established as a commentator. Obviously, she does women's football, but does do match of the day and five live games. Yes. I'm not a fan of Vicky, I'll be honest. I I, I don't know what her accent is. There's a really (laughs) odd sound in her accent. I spend (laughs) a lot of time in my head repeating words Vicky Sparks says, trying to establish where she's from. And I think it Uh, might be the East Midlands somewhere, but she's got this odd sound. Do you want me to figure, do you want me to find out where she's from? It just bothers me a little bit. It just jars with me. And I think she's adopted a commentator voice, which always slightly irritates me when people do do that. Um, yeah. Nick spoke about this, didn't he? That he used to sort of do a do a voice, and over time he realised he's just got to be himself. Yeah, and I think you know it's a, it's a big big part of it. That yeah, it, it is a completely different. So I mean, even when we had Nick on, and he was doing sort of like bits from when he was like you know pretending to do some commentary, he would slip so seamlessly into that sort of persona in that voice that he does. Because I, I I do like to think of like you know Jonathan Pierce at like Sainsbury's like still doing that voice <laughs> you know as if like, or if like martin tyler was like yes cuss cuss half price and it's live you know i think that'd be brilliant but and unfortunately it's not. live and it's live that's great <laughs> but, as well when you can really establish yourself with essentially a trademark yeah which catchphrase. is what martin was, was yeah a, a catchphrase which is what martin tyler managed to do over his career which yeah. I guess can only happen with longevity and when you've got the regular nature of something like that. What are the other famous then commentator catchphrases? Catchphrases. What are the other famous <laughs> commentator <laughs> catchphrases? What did you I your, say? I don't know. Cockphrases? <laughs> Have you got your fucking teeth in or something? What's wrong with you? Oh, God. Because I guess one, and maybe we could go, we could swing over to tennis in a second, but oh, I say. 
by Dan Maskell. He used to, mm. so that was a sort of thing that he would say a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, that's not a bad one. Ten- I mean, there's some good tennis commentators. I like, um, I do like it when the players, uh, ex-players of any of the sports turn into commentators, usually co-commentators. Yes. Because they do give a better insight than the commentators, in my opinion. Yeah. Like Tim Henman in tennis. I think he's brilliant at Wimbledon yeah. as a co-commentator. Purely because Andrew Castle is irritating and he does get on my tits a little bit. Now, I, I think Andrew Castle is excellent. Is oh, it because really? he was the father of a, co- a colleague of yours? No. Well, she was a <laughs> didn't you direct her? <laughs> so did, talking, yeah. uh, you did, yeah. So <laughs> Andrew's daughter um, was year below me at Central, I think, or year Georgina. Below me below me? Georgina Castle, who's she's a fantastic actress. I see, I actually really like Andrew Castle as a tennis commentator. I think he's really, really good at it. I know he alienates some people, but I think he's so good he's got mm. the right balance of drama and enthusiasm he knows when to you know hype up a moment but he also brings a lot of insight i think obviously I think he's his a former tennis good. player as yeah well. he's a former tennis player so i think his insight is good uh, again less I good on just... gmtv i would have thought oh god yeah um I, I don't know i find him a bit impersonal he's not very mm. kind of relatable um but uh, tim henman's brilliant and obviously john McEnroe. oh yeah god as a co-commentator he is joyous to listen to i could listen to him all the time he's got a fantastic personality it comes across in his co-commentating and he just yeah. makes andrew castle look a little bit boring what about Boris becker who managed to turn even the most banal things into something kind of sexual oh my god he struck the world down the line <laughs> and you're Boris. like oh it's sort of oh i feel a little bit uncomfortable listening to this yeah yeah i mean amazing tennis player but amazing yeah, just tennis like, Boris. oh my god he's going to the net and you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm sort of mixed okay? of sort of frightened and turned on. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he, he is a good looking man. Um, <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, he is. No. Oh, he's Becker. Yeah. No. He back, back in the day, I think in he was really prime. Cool. Yeah, in yeah, his yeah, prime. Yeah. And then he sort of morphed into this odd, you know. Very poor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we've done tennis. Um, no, so but tennis, before tennis, I'm sorry. Can I just talk about Andrew Cotter? Yes. Oh, please because talk about Andrew the... Because Andrew Cotter uh... is what would be called a generalist, isn't mm-hmm. he? You know, he does the athletics, he does Wimbledon, he does rugby mm-hmm. union. And I've gone on a journey with him. I sort of, I think I was maybe jealous or, or resented him slightly. And I was thinking, who is this guy? Where is he <laughs> from? And what's his specialism? What does he focus on? He just seems to be everywhere doing everything. Yeah, he And is I heard that for a while, but then I was like, Oh, actually, he's really good. And he does manage to do... I actually really enjoy him on the athletics. He's really good on the rugby union. He's good at tennis. And please tell me that you've seen, uh, during lockdown, obviously, when there wasn't any sport on, Olive and Mabel, the commentary of his dogs. Into the final minute and Olive in possession, but this is where Mabel is strong, chasing the game, using that intensity. We saw it in the semi-final, staring at a slightly torn cloth rabbit for over seven and a half minutes. And perhaps a few signs of overconfidence from her rival. A bit of showboating. Needs to be careful. And there's the change from the classic hold. Still placed on the outside, though. Great technique. And a glance at the youngster who shows little emotion, but her mind will be empty. 20 seconds to go now. Olive closing in on victory and that coveted prize of being told she's a very good dog. One paw to control and a switch. Now Mabel sensing this might be a chance. Still waiting still believing and you wonder what Olive is doing here only has to hold on going to the upright though high tariff with no opposable thumbs high risk at this stage and it's gone and Mabel takes it 
No mercy from the younger dog who takes this victory just as time runs out. A famous win built on patience and sheer belief. For Olive, only thoughts of what might have been, but only herself to blame. She's given this one away, and that will hurt most of all. Bad dog. Yeah, that was great. The best. Oh, absolutely brilliant. I, and I know what you mean about him. He was sort of a little bit kind of um, dry and not very sort of emotional in terms of his commentary. Maybe that's why he did so many different sports and wasn't kind of assigned to one. But when I saw his commentary of Oliver Mabel, and if you haven't seen it uh, or listened to it, anyone who's listening, I implore you to, to, to go and look. He basically commentates... Uh, his two dogs in sporting ways so like they'd be they'd be on a walk somewhere and they're doing races or something or it's first one to to get dinner or something olive and mabel going check it out on youtube it's absolutely yeah brilliant. a lot of commentators absolutely did brilliant. that through lockdown and then but his was absolutely the the best version of that best one yeah um and i think that did turn a corner and he's, he gets to do all the golf as well doesn't he I mean, yeah he's, well he's really lucky i mean basically he no, just gets all the good things well yeah talking about golf commentaries um i've written yes. down here in my notes there's two two sports that I just adore their commentary, and it doesn't matter who's talking. I generally yeah. it doesn't matter. Cricket and golf. Yes, it's just they're the most relaxing. Golf more so. They're, they're just the most relaxing, serene, beautiful. They paint the picture fantastically. It's all very calm, especially in cricket. Very British. I feel like very village crickety. Even if it's like World Cup finals, yeah. there's something about it. Yeah. But I love both of them. And talking about golf, the great Peter Alice. Yeah, I mean, he really was the doyen of that, oh, wasn't he? He was just absolutely, had a fantastic voice and fantastic tone, fantastic demeanour. His quips, his jokes, him with Ken on the course, commentating yeah, Ken on the course with Ken Brown. That was a great Brown. combo, wasn't it? Those two were brilliant. Commentating combos are often a really good thing uh, when you find these duos that complement each other. And I think, as you say, cricket and golf, because of the length of the game, the frankly, and the, the time they've got to be on air, it's yeah. got to transcend from the moment and the sporting activity into meandering conversations about other things, of which I think Alice with anyone, but Alice with Ken Brown was was always a, a highlight, I think. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I mean, let's flip to, you know, Test Match Special cricket commentary because that is iconic too. And I think, obviously, oh my God, we've got to do sporting theme tunes in another episode. Yeah, we do. Great partnerships in, in Test Match Special. Inevitably, one of the most iconic ever, James Standby, was Aggers with Brian Johnson, leg over. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He tried to step over the stumps and just flicked a bail with his, with his right hand. He pad. tried to do the splits over it and unfortunately uh, the inner part of his thigh must have just removed the bail. He just, just didn't quite get his leg over. Anyhow, he, he did very well indeed, batting 131 minutes and hit three fours. And um, then we had Lewis playing extremely well for his 47 not out. Agus, do stop it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was joined by De Freitas, who um, was in for 40 minutes, a useful little partnership there. Uh, they put on 35 in 40 minutes, and then he was caught by Dujan Walsh. Um, Lawrence, uh, always entertaining, batted for 30, 35. <laughs> 30, 35 minutes, hit a four over the week keepers. Vegas, <laughs> for goodness sake, stop it. <laughs> yes, Lawrence. Well, Lawrence played extremely well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's so good. Uh, it's four. I mean, of the week he was in. <laughs> and he was out for <laughs> <laughs> It's always brilliant when you hear people and you like laughing. It. It's such yeah. a lovely thing. It's so true. Two, and there were 54 extras. And he was all out for 419. I've stopped laughing now. Bless them. They're working <laughs> so, so hard to not love. Agnes, please do not. <laughs> and yeah, there's brilliant. something just about that sort of heightened RP English yeah. combo and cricket that, I mean, is thankfully, you know, equalised a little bit. But, you know, he was the master of that. Blofeld, Henry Blofeld, of course, was a big part of that on Test Match Special back in the day. But the combo I really enjoy on Text Match Special these days is Jonathan Agnew with Phil Tufnell. They've got a brilliant relationship and they obviously really like each other. They find each other funny and they are often the ones who are opening up the innings or coming together to close an innings, which uh, I think is obviously a sign that the producers know that people love them and they they land as well. Yeah, Toughers is brilliant. Even at the uh, some of the World Cup and the Ashes, he's brilliant. I I think the first ball of, I can't remember which session it was uh, or if it was the World Cup or the Ashes, Joe Root first ball, he needed to stay in for a, at least, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, get something on the yeah. board and tried to do a ramp shot on his first because Joe Root loves doing ramp shots. Tried to do a ramp shot on the first ball and Phil Tuffers absolutely is up. He's like, oh, 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 what yeah. on earth are you doing? Oh my, well, I haven't finished my coffee yet. What's he doing yeah. that for? It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. That's, they're so personable. It's yeah, brilliant. he's grown to that role so brilliantly. But we can't talk about cricket commentary without talking about the great Richie Benno. Are you mm. too young for that? Maybe a bit too young. Uh, but I mean, all my childhood, all the big games, you know, he was on all the BBC commentaries. Then when it went to Channel 4, he went with that as well. But just the most extraordinary voice. And yeah. and of course, he used to get it gone for two. And the little, little, little <laughs> two, 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 two. Uh, he was so, <laughs> so good. And his, I mean, I think Jeffrey Boyker and lots of people, I always feel is a good combo, mainly because yeah. you feel like it's who is best at tolerating Jeff Boycott, who is happy to <laughs> a, be in the box with him for yeah. 20 minutes and who has decided that they'll just take him on and like, you know, either give him the space, but then try and take the piss out of him. <laughs> Agnew with Boycott was always great. Um, I think Michael Vaughan <laughs> obviously Michael got stuck Vaughan, with him yeah. quite a lot. Um, as he, he doesn't have much patience, I don't no, think. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Benno and Boycott together was was always a good thing as well because Benno, you know, wouldn't take a step back with Boycott either and he just found a nice, subtle way to uh, just yeah. cricket or undermine in really fun ways. I mean, for me, cricket, um, growing up watching cricket, it was David Lloyd. Yeah. Bumble. Bumble um, on Sky. Bumble on Sky. His voice was just synonymous for Test Match Cricket for me growing up. And he had such a beautiful, fantastic Yorkshire lilt that you just, you, it's so, it just screams cricket for me. Yeah. You know, sitting at the boundary with David Lloyd and, and we're watching and, and bloody hell, what's he doing that for? Absolutely yeah. crazy. All that absolutely really personable, really over the top. Oh, he's got him. He's got out for a duck. No bloody chance that'll happen on my watch or anything like that. Yeah. It's absolutely it's brilliant. It's funny when you think about that, when you, you're doing that rather poor impression of him, that you think the most whoa, cricket whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm half Yorkshire. You can't say that. <laughs> Again, that, he's, he's a Lancastrian. Um, so, um, Is he? <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't um, know. David Lloyd, he's got that really roly kind of 
Jurley accent, hasn't he? No, I, yes, he's he has. From, has he? Yes, of course he has. Uh, he's like, no, he's, he's from, from, yeah, where is he from? He's, Preston, he's Chorley, from, somewhere around there, Bolton, Burnley, Manchester, he's Greater from, Manchester. He's from An- Accrington, so yeah. Accrington, yes. It's, well, it's, oh. yeah, um, it's but, fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting that cricket commentary seems to be either posh public school boys or roughy northerners, mm. isn't it? And the yeah, combination yeah, yeah, yeah. seems to have sustained through time. But again, Alison Mitchell blazed a trail as a female voice in cricket and came through five live updating onto Test Match Special, and I think does a yeah. great job. Ishigua, I, I really, really like now. She, yeah. I think, is seems very confident, very relaxed, and is a lead commentator rather than a pundit or co-coms like a lot of female voices have become. She really is, I think, very established in that. Top of a game. And this your future Alex, partner, Alex Hartley. Yeah, Alex Hartley, I was just going to jump in. She is brilliant. Yeah. She's, um, yeah, again, very, per- I, I mean, I keep going back to it. If they're personable and relatable and they're just, it's like you're watching it with them and they love the sport, it's so much easier to listen to. And I feel yeah. like some, like Jonathan Pierce, I know I'm going back to that, it's just slightly alienating, but someone like Alex Hartley or Bumble or all that kind of stuff or Peter Alice and she is fantastic at it I and I, I really do fancy her as well yeah. but she is fantastic at it she's really good at it and we need to get her on this podcast yeah. maybe we need to get on theirs yes. that'd be really good Ebony um, Rainford Brent I think is really good on Sky and Test yes. Special so rugby famous well, I know you're not a big fan but there's some obviously very iconic rugby voices so I'm gonna because you've said rugby now mm. as listeners know and as you know you and James both know I'm not a massive rugby fan I kind of struggle with it a little bit, especially I'm not a massive rugby league fan. I've watched less of rugby league than I have Union, Mm. so I sort of struggle with it. However, in terms of commentators and in terms of commentary clips, rugby league is home to the greatest piece of commentary ever, and I mean ever, recorded. Do you want to have a guess? Oh. I'm really glad you don't know it. I'm really glad you don't know it. Is it Rare French? No. Rugby league? Rugby League. Uh, are you talking about um, Eddie Waring's Paul Ladd? Nope. Oh. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to play for you now. Well, I'm going to set the scene first. This okay. is the greatest piece of commentary ever. So, Mick Morgan. Ring a bell for you? No. <laughs> okay, even better. Okay, so Mick I'm Morgan nervous. is an ex-Rugby League uh, player. Um, Yorkshire lad. Used oh, to yeah. play for, you know everybody through the late 70s uh, well mostly through the 80s but late 70s i've done my i've done my research Mm -hmm. so let me take you to castleford versus wigan in the 1994 regal trophy final at headingley oh yeah castleford won wigan Mm. were wigan were favorites uh they've got a star-studded team all that kind of stuff but little castleford beat the Giants. I think it was 33-2 or something like that at the end they absolutely killed them so i'm going to take you to Castleford's in-house DVD commentary (laughs) where Mick Morgan was commentating (laughs) Wigan prop Kelvin Skerritt amazing prop Kelvin Skerritt used to play for Hunslet my team incredible incredible prop big lad you might you might not like him after this he hits Castleford's Andy Hay with a swinging arm and this is Mick Morgan Send the dirty get off. Game walking. 
Sick. Campbell. So that's the first portion of it. It's the best commentary. Oh, ever. God. So, so you dirty get. Oh, you dirty you're a bottle of Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> it's just absolutely. He's talking brilliant. about David Campbell, the referee there, who I knew yeah. many, many years ago. Great. He was a great ref. He was a bit, <laughs> uh, bit showbiz, David Campbell. So he's obviously asking for a red card because it mm. is. Uh, maybe we'll put it up on our Twitter, uh, on our Instagram, and our socials. It is a bad tackle. He he genuinely just punches Close him in the head. As he's, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he absolutely punches him in the head. So he's absolutely fuming. But he's obviously a cast. <laughs> he's just so because they're winning at this point by a yeah. lot. So the tent. I mean, the tent. It's tense. It's not tense. The um. You know, the atmosphere on the ground would be amazing. They're just about to beat Wigan, um. But it does get slightly better after he calls Campbell Campbell a dickhead you bottle this dickhead Campbell you dickhead get him off send the dirty get up anyway it gets better so from the resulting penalty mm. Castleford score a try that's <laughs> <laughs> the greatest bit of commentary. Oh my god! Shove it up your ass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love That's that. If only, if only you did get that on BBC Match of the Day, that'd be so great. I totally agree. It's just pure passion, and like, there's there's something to be said about because you know every football team or every fuck every team in every sport really they yeah. have their own like in-house commentary so yes. for the Albion like one of the ex-players Andy Johnson he commentates for him yeah. he's the co-commentator and their passion comes through and it's so brilliant him for me that is the greatest commentary ever it's pure fandom <laughs> it's pure passion pure don't give a shit you bottle dickhead Campbell Campbell abs- Campbell I can't speak it's so brilliant the accent everything and then when they <laughs> score the try at the end shove it up your ass it's just brilliant <laughs> what I love about that because that conjures so many memories for me a like those games regal trophy all those tobacco sponsored competitions that used to be back yeah. in the day and what i love about that is you know obviously you know about my rugby league and refereeing but rugby league fans they all had sort of personal relationships with the referee you know yeah. they all knew the names and it's not ref it's always it's campbell you know oh, they yeah. know them and lindop <laughs> and smith and they knew all the refs by name they felt like they had relationships with them you know when they were good and when they were bad and they sort of knew their foibles and their personalities and when you're refereeing in those and Castleford, I mean, I know that game was at Headingley, but Castleford's such a tight pitch, and you would hear, yeah. you would hear the voices, you would feel the energy from them. Get him on side, get him on side, Shelford, God's sake, you're always the same. <laughs> and when I sit next to my dad at Hunslet, I mean, he absolutely berates the ref, something chronic, someone who you know used to go around and be absolutely my champion and support me. But when it came to yeah. other refs, he absolutely goes in. And that's, that's something brilliant. about the like to get a commentator to be, and that's why these fan. These fa- and I'll talk about something else in a minute. I know this is going to be a long episode. Uh, <laughs> when you get fans, when you get fans 
commentating on this on their team you just get pure fireworks and you just you're so invested in their passion but i mean that piece of commentary it's got to the point now that when i go to football matches me and my friends will quote it so if there's a bad tackle it's (laughs) like we're all of us going send him off send the dirty get off Get him off the field! Campbell! No matter Campbell. who's refereeing. Well, we're try- every time we're trying to... F- every every game now at Hellzone in Town, our non-league game, we're trying to buy programmes so we can figure out the name of the referee. So just you so can we can shout it. That's great. I mean, before you move on to your other bit, just a couple of other honourable rugby league mentions. I sort of mentioned them before, but again, because rugby league used to be on grandstand, you know, getting 15, 20 yeah. million viewers, Ray French, amazing voice of rugby league. And... Yeah. and um, Eddie Waring, which I've spoken to you about, Paul Ladd. We talked about it in Sporting Tragedies. Um, yeah. James, playing the clip because I managed to get it for us. You can hear the Paul Ladd. So to remind you, this is Don Fox taking the kick in the rain sodden Challenge Cup final. Uh, and it was 10 11 to Leeds, and he needed to convert this two points to win the match in the dying seconds. What a grandstand finish this is. He's missed it! He's missed it! Had always wanted to come to Wembley and on the way there and does it finish, but that's the end of it, and there's the drama of the match. I mean, yeah, that's a great piece of commentary. And rugby league, talking about the fandoms and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, you know, very passionate and all that kind of stuff. But and I was talking earlier when you get fans commentating on their own team, perfect fireworks. Now, I don't know if you remember. When Sky Sports, they've stopped doing it now, probably because of some of the fireworks that actually happened. They used to get, on derby days, a fan from each team and they would do fan commentary and you could press the red button... And you could, instead of oh, listening really? like to... Like a player cam option, you could just listen exactly. to the commentary. And it would be a fan from each team doing a commentary for each team. There are some absolutely fantastic videos, because obviously there's a camera in there, and yeah. they're sitting in one commentary box, so they're literally on top of each other. So you've got Spurs versus Arsenal. Oh, one wow. Spurs fan, one Arsenal fan, and they're commentating. And I think it was it was the 4-4 draw... When Dave, was it Bentley oh, scored in yeah, the last yeah. minute? It's a few yeah, years yeah. ago now. Yeah, David Bentley scored in the last yeah. minute. Um, sexy and the Bentley. sexy David Bentley, um, Poundland, um, David, David Beckham. Beckham. He, <laughs> 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 he used to think it was David Beckham. He wanted to be David Beckham so, so badly. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so bad. Uh, never good enough. But he scored, and it was a decent goal, I think I remember. And this Spurs fan rips all of his clothes off and essentially is just like punching this Arsenal fan like in his shoulder just going mentally they were absolutely I'll try and find you some clips for them I, I wish they still did it they did it for um Peter Enkelman letting that own goal for Villa against Blues so it was a throw in and the defenders thrown a Blues a Villa players thrown the ball back to Peter Enkelman in goal it's gone under his foot and rolled in Ugh. the commentary on that the Blues fan is absolute I mean, it's perfect, perfect television. I'll try and find it for you. It's brilliant. But when you get fans doing it, it makes it even more relatable, more personal. You're so passionate by them, you can't help but go along with it because we've all been those fans in stands going absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of other honourable mentions, um, other sports. Horse racing. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the voice of the Grand Nationals over the years in the big races was Peter O'Sullivan, was the iconic horse racing commentator. Again, you're probably too young for him. Mm. John Hunt on Five Live, I love listening to whenever you're in a big day of sport, but then there's some crucial horse races, and so you just cut to John Hunt at Doncaster to give us the King William the Fourth stakes, and he will (laughs) just really just manage to pitch it right at the tempo and make every race sound just fantastically dramatic. I thought he was, he remains, I think, one of the best commentators out there. There, I mean, sport uh, horse racing is, I mean, any sort of racing actually, to be fair, is fantastic for commentators because they get so wound up towards the end because obviously it happens in the last like 100 meters yeah and there's a um, natural crescendo to it all crescendo yeah so you're building and you can't help but get involved in it yeah horse racing yeah. is good boxing harry carpenter and frank bruno is a great double act oh i don't know anything about boxing and then you've got you've got mike costello on on five live like really good commentator and then of course as ever honorable mention for skiing oh go on used to love ski sunday commentaries david vine used to do it back in the day and these days edley and matt chilton who i love and i just love sunday lazy afternoons you know before your bath time and getting your school uniform ready where you just you just watch a bit of ski sunday and get all a bit nostalgic and you'd hear the commentaries from exotic places i loved all that ski sunday was a fantastic show what was the uh what was the theme tune to ski sunday yeah that's the one love that we should do yeah we have to do a theme tune one but yeah ski ski commentary is great i mean going back to the going back to the darts i don't think why have we not spoken about that that's a fantastic piece of commentary it's um it's wayne mardell or wayne mardle whatever his name is yeah and he i mean I mean, I'm not a massive darts fan, but the commentary on that, the atmosphere in that, they're both on nines. They're both on a nine. Yeah. And he's like, at the end, he's like, I can't speak. I can't speak. It's yeah, absolutely great. Brilliant. And Sid Waddell was a great darts commentator as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some great darts moments over the years. And then, you know, watching Bullseye, that was always fun as well. Um, oh, Bullseye enjoyed was all that. Yeah. In one. Yeah, yeah, Bullseye was a good <laughs> With Jim Bowen. Yeah, Have you had a moment. nice day? You had a great day. Thanks, Jim. Here's your BFH, your bus fare home. Be nice <laughs> to see you. Get home safe. But why was it why was it always a speedboat? Let's have a look. I mean, you could have won a speedboat. Yeah, a speedboat. <laughs> and it's like they're from they're from fucking Stourport in the Midlands. Why do they need uh, a speedboat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just brilliant, just brilliant. Oh, uh, well that's uh, any other honourable mentions? Uh no, not on the top of my head. Me at the start of this podcast? Yeah, oh yeah. Very good. That was really good, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, as we come to the close of this fantastic episode here in the Stage Door Athletic Club, the atmosphere is dying down. It does feel like the morning after the Lord Mayor's show. Jack picks up his jacket, dons a beautiful winter coat, nice fur-lined hood, waves to the crowd, thanks them for all the support over the years. This really could be the last time we see him in here. James forlornly exits. Oh, if only he'd have managed to finish that pint. If only he'd have managed to buy a round. But uh, for always, forever, the nearly man, as he trudges off down the tunnel, it's been a really memorable occasion, and we look forward to seeing you next time, here, live, on Stage Door Athletic. That was really good, Rob. Yeah, you You see? should be a commentator. Yeah, you see? That was uh, great. <laughs> in the goal. <laughs> The referee looks at his watch. Any second now, it will all be over. 
30 seconds by Howard and the Germans are going down and they can hardly get up. It's all over, I think. No, it's... And here comes Hurst, he's got some people around the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now! 